Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. So, it's just me and you, man. Sorry about everyone's luck tonight. Basically. It's going to be a light show. I think we'll just do, I mean, like, we don't have a whole lot to talk about. We, we really went into a lot of detail the last couple of episodes where we had a lot to talk about between the geek sheets and between our awesome music, which, by the way, dude, that episode that we did with me and you and MC and said was was phenomenal. Like, that, that came out so well. And we had so much good music that we came up with. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you get people who, like, actually love the thing they're talking about. You know what I mean? I mean, there's... Sometimes you end up having to talk like I think you've been there. I've been there like you go to work and there's someone who's really into something and you have a passing knowledge of it. Yeah. But no one else around you, ha- you know, around the two of you have any idea. And so you're like, yeah, yeah I've seen the Transformers movies. And, and this dude's like, I freaking love the Transformers. Do you remember when Omicron blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, my God, what have I gotten into? And you're just kind of like, yeah, that was uh, that's neat. It's really it's really cool. But then, you know, you get a group of people who actually love the music that they're talking about, like the four of us were in that episode, and it just you can just tell the difference. Yeah. It was it was awesome. And that's it's part of the part of the reason why I'm so happy that GGR is starting to grow the way it is and we're we're adding in these pieces little by little. And I put out a post. I mean, I know you don't see it cuz you know, old man Monic doesn't use Facebook, but I ended up putting a post out because I'm looking for some new writers for GGR. Not that like I'm desperate for content. No, I just, I I want more voices. I want different takes on things. I want just to see like what else is out there. And man, did I get a pretty good response already? Yeah. In fact, I don't want to out him yet because he uses his, um, his, like his screen name, I guess, or like his Twitter handle. But he is a friend of yours, and that's how I know him. But he did write a – he did his uh, top ten favorite video games of all time. Um, and he goes – what is it? Opaque Senator is the name that he goes by. I know exactly uh, who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, like he did an article, and that was that was fun. I actually have a guy, and I swear to God, it's not the same. It, it, I'm going to tell you – I'm going to say his name, and you're going to be like, oh, that guy? You mean the famous guy? And I'll be like, no, no. In fact, they're polar opposites. In, in, I already know who you're which, talking yeah. about before you say it. Yeah. <laughs> We got an we got an article from uh, his name is Benjamin Shapiro, and oh, I thought you were gonna go. With, I thought maybe Chris Brown reached out to you. Oh yeah, Critter? no, not that. No, not no. I have not heard from Chris Brown. No. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, no, no, not that Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, well, similar in that same fashion where it's no, no, not that Benjamin Shapiro. But yeah, no, this this Ben Shapiro actually he is a screenwriter. He's done a bunch of different. He's written plays and had them published and had them performed. And wrote a really, really cool take on Predator, saying that Predator is actually a slasher film um, dressed up as an action movie and like really broke it down. And I was like, well, this guy's got a really good point. But not only that, like he can write, too. And he's he's got more movies that he wants to kind of break down like that. And I was like, dude, I'm all for it. Let's that, I think that's great. Let's do it. Um, 
we have another. I'm going to mention them, too, because they are I've been having a conversation with the girl who run who is part of the podcast. But it's a uh, a podcast that we're going to be working with. They have their own iTunes and everything. They're self-sufficient, man. But they are are kind of small and they want to grow and they want more contact a contact with the geek community. And I was like, well, yeah. And she reached out to me. Her name is Aaron. Aaron reached out to me and she was just like, I love what you guys are doing. I love your mission statement. I think it's fantastic. How can we get involved with you guys? And I was like, pretty much what you're doing right now. Just talk to me. And they have a podcast. It's called uh, the Fick list where what they do is it's all about fan fiction and they read various fan fiction and just essentially like either goof on it or be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And it's just a really cool concept that they have going on. And, uh, yeah, like, I mean, shouting them out because I, I listened to their podcast the other day and it's it's fun. And you can tell, like, there's nothing better than listening to a podcast where you can hear somebody's passion coming through and you can hear that they're having a good time. Not only that, but it's like, to me, a good podcast is when you tell me exactly what the premise is and I go, that's so simple, but so brilliant at the same time. Because yeah. my mind start like the gears in my stupid brain start turning saying like, there's so much fuel for that fire. I mean, and, and you, and like you said, you can either find some that are pretty not good and just kind of go into it, or it kind of almost bleeds into some of the stuff that we do where we kind of did like a series of like, what ifs for movies. And it's like, all right, if you tweak this one thing, how does it play out from there? Cause that, that's almost just like verbal fan fiction at that point. Um, so yeah, I can really see how that would provide a lot of great content and would be a good listen. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like we've done we've essentially done verbal fan fiction. We did it that episode where it was me, uh, you and Rambo, where we rewrote movies and we took like one thing. We changed it. And like his was Monster Squad. Uh, You and I both did Star Trek Into Darkness. And uh, there were a few others that we did. And actually, one of the ones that like I was going to do. And actually, this is going to be kind of our premise for this evening is we're just going to kind of fill in the gaps for things that we've missed in the last like year or two and the time that we've been doing uh, GGR Pirate Radio after we brought it back. So it's going to be kind of a, a free form episode, not nothing too strenuous, nothing too um, structured, but just kind of talking about some of the stuff that we've done. Because one of the things that I tease and I hate when I do this, I'll tease something and then we don't talk about it. And I feel like such a jerk because it's like. Think of like, um, I don't know if you ever watched Jimmy Kimmel on ABC, but he always jokes. It's like a running gag for the like the, the 10 years that he's been doing that show that Matt Damon is going to be a guest. And then Matt Damon never actually comes on the show because they always bump him for somebody else. And like, it's just become this running gag. And that's kind of how I feel. I feel like it's it's like such a letdown when you're like, oh, we're going to talk about this thing. And then it never happens. Only it's Jeez. not a gag. We're just we're, we're, we're chatty and we talk too much. Yeah, and then we throw out some ideas in the last 30 minutes of the podcast, and we ramble on that for a little bit and be like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that next time. That's a, that's a really good topic, and then it never happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like taking your mom, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood dinner and then never calling her again. It's like that. <laughs> See, I mean, you go through these phases where you're like, high school, I'm going to reference everything. And then you get to the point where you're like, oh, my God, if you say that's what she said one more time, I'm going to lose it. You're we're done with our friendship. And then they start to come back and you start <laughs> bringing Anchorman quotes back that you're thinking are old news. But now they're they're relevant again. So so well done. Lunsford. 
Well, thank you, Mr. Monik. Let's go ahead and kick off another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, we're running light. It's just me and Steve. It's the original OG configuration of GGR Pirate Radio. And this episode is starting right now. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Start your computations for time warp. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists, you throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the same goddamn thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right I did. This is called Pirate Radio. Well, Jeff, my friend, today's the day you become a man. A pinata man. Hey, Phil. Phil? Hey, Phil Connors, Ned. But, Peter, why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. This is called Pilot Radio. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. 69, dudes! It's Four Leaf Clover. Make a wish. Wish you weren't so f***ing awkward, bud. This is called Pilot Radio. Dylan! You son of a... Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. Ah, <laughs> uh, Pam, I will end you. This is called Pilot Radio. It's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host... Mike Lutzford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we are the podcast network of the Great Geek Refuge. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Check us out. There's lots of great ar- articles. There's lots of great podcasts. In fact, there's two new articles from two new contributors that we have uh, from codename Opaque Senator. Uh, you can check out his 10 top video games of all time. We've also got uh, Benjamin Shapiro, who has a playwright and screenwriter in his own right, uh, who wrote a really cool take on Predator, you know, the classic 80s action flick. He actually posits that it is a slasher film dressed up as an action film. Definitely check it out because he, he makes a lot of sense in what he has to say. But joining me, on GGR Pirate Radio for pretty much every episode. I think you're at like a 98% um, success rate of showing up to every episode, Steve. Uh, and that's Steve Monick. He also helped me find uh, the uh, the Great Geek Refuge back in 2014. Yeah, I just said his name. I'll say it again. It's Steve Monick. Yay! 2014 seems like, I know it's five years ago, but it seems like it's like 500 years ago. I know, right? That we actually started fiddling around on here. It really does. I mean, if you if you think about it, though, I mean, we've done so many episodes like we have essentially two to three episodes every week that we I mean, it's one recording session, but like we turn it into two to three episodes like that's a lot of damn episodes, man. Uh, I haven't even counted how many we're, we're at, but it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. A lot of damn episodes. So, yeah. And that's just since kind of like re reformatting and restructuring it back to its original form. I mean, if we're talking every podcast we've done there, that's, I mean, we've got to be at triple digits at this point. Oh, for sure. I mean, I will, I will calculate that at some point, uh, probably tomorrow and <laughs> put it, it up and maybe me and blow my mind. 
Yeah, exactly. We've done this many damn pie. Or it'll be like I, I count it up and I'm like, actually, Steve, we've done 20. Oh. That's it. I, yeah. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> Seems like way more, but, you know, all right, I'll take it. I guess we're just long-winded then. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's pretty much how that goes. So it's it's been it's been a fun week, man. Like from on the on the behind the scenes stuff, and we'll actually normally we always do that like at the end, but we're gonna do that at the beginning. So kind of some behind the scenes stuff, as I mentioned in the uh, cold open, uh, we've we've gotten some pretty cool responses from people already who are interested in being part of our our geeky nerdy refuge that we've established here. And I, I mean, I'm just so excited. I think it's really cool that we're gonna have more people uh, with a voice who, who have things that they want to say and things that they want to do and coming to a place that, that believes that everyone should have a voice. And the only rule is just don't be jerks to each other, or as we like to say, don't be a juice bag. But also yeah, too, when you said that, um, they were interested because of the mission statement, I was like, huh, that's great. You know, cause I mean, any, that to me is more foundational, you know, anyone can write a good article, like anyone can do one good podcast or whatever, you know, people listen to go, wow, that was great. And then the next 10 are, are garbage. And it's like, if you're just 100% being based on your content, and it's not that content's not important, you want to put out a good, you know, product for the people to enjoy. It's not like we just want to put up garbage. But to say like, hey, what you're doing is just as important as what you're making. Um, I think it speaks a little bit and it makes me happy. Yeah, same, dude. Like, I would rather have somebody come to us and say, hey, I, I really like this thing that you guys stand for, as opposed to, hey, I really want to be part of your website because, you know, the, the, the dick and fart jokes that you guys made on the podcast really made me laugh. Like, I would, Or I'm looking to make a buck. Yeah, right? And, like, and, and to people's credit, there have been a couple of responses I've gotten. And the first response that they say, which, by the way, it clearly states on the post, volunteer. So what does volunteer mean? You ain't getting paid. And they'll be like, okay, great. I'd love to be part of this. How much does it pay? And I'm like, well, in the post, it says specifically, this is a volunteer only. It's a, you know, a labor of love. And they're like, okay, well, thanks. Bye. Like, I, I, I can understand that. Cause honestly, like we should be like that to a certain degree where we should be like, Hey, we should try to make some money off of this thing. But at the same time too, like it's clearly stated right there. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, not, not going to fault yeah. anyone if that's this part of their life. They're in there like, look, I'm trying to make some extra income or whatever I'm trying to do and looking at every possible avenue for that. But that's just not the world we're in with our site. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is, too. We're, we are not in that. We are not in that world. That's not our thing, man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been really cool that we've been getting a good response. But also, too, we have um, last month, we actually was our second best month podcasting as far as the number of subscribers we have. We can we can use another uh, Dragon Ball Z reference. We were over 9000 subscribers last month, which is awesome. Uh, that is only the second time we've done that. Um, we our 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 record month was was Ju- July of this year, which was uh, was twelve thousand, which was mind blowing. But it's because I, I'm not one hundred percent sure. That's the problem. Is I really need somebody who like actually knows analytics. But again, we can't pay, so it's <laughs> like I it's basically like I have to teach myself analytics. But that I'm pretty sure that was because we did that episode about um, and I'm blanking on her name right now about that poor girl who was murdered by. Um, that stalker fan of hers. Oh, um, right. 
Yeah, and I can't think of it. Let me pull a popular content and it'll show me in there because it, it was it was by far our most popular episode. Uh, the Bianca Devins episode. Um, it was it's the most popular content that we have where everything else is just like the site. So like, for instance, um, number one at like 4,490 is the Great Geek Refuge. People just go into the website and then number two is podcast, which is in about 3,000. And then there's an episode of the Fantastic uh, Forum movie review that Yuli did for uh, Avengers, which makes sense. That That's number three. Our articles is number four, which is about 2,500. And then number five is the Bianca Devins thing at almost 2,000. So, like, that one episode was, like, stupid bananas popular. And it's just, I think it was just one of those things that I hit, I put the right keywords in and I put the right search parameters and I put the right tags on everything. And it just happened to catch the wave at the right time as, as I think was, is what it was. Right. And could we do some SEO and try and do that every time or whatever? I mean, sure. And it's not that we don't want eyeballs on our, on our content and everything, but it kind of goes back to that mission statement is we want eyeballs on it to show people, Hey, Hey, here's some funny stuff or some insightful stuff or something that you can enjoy. But also, here's what we're trying to do. You want to join the gang and and yeah, g- give a place for you to say your ideas too. Um, yeah. you know. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should think about doing a little more of the SEO stuff and you know getting more stuff out there. But I don't know. I kind of like the way we've just been organically growing. Yeah, and like it's it just it's stupid. Like I, I don't. It it wouldn't make sense for us to do that. It really wouldn't. And yeah. And, th- and it, that just happened to be something that we wanted to talk about. Like it wasn't a, well, here's a hot topic that we can try and get more clicks from. Like it was just something that was happening at the moment and it was brought up, you know, organically in the discussion. And we just kind of started talking about it and it went into the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it is what it is, you know, and it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, to to pander because i would rather if i'm going to take what is essentially an hour or two of my friday night and spend with one of my best friends i want to i want it to be about things that we want to talk about mm-hmm. if i'm going to then subsequently spend another two to three hours editing and posting and creating thumbnails and sharing it on social media and stuff like that i don't want it to be about something that i don't care about you know, like I just did a quick Google search, like in the news, like what are the top news stories? It's all about this impeachment stuff. I don't really want to talk about that. Do you? I haven't been paying attention enough to be literate and and uh, insightful about it at all. Yeah. So it's it's something that it's not it's not in our scope. And it, yeah, I would I would I would much rather talk about how. Uh, well, they lost they got the crap kicked out of them last night. But I would much rather talk about how the Washington Nationals finally have won a playoff series, <laughs> like how nuts this town went after they beat the Brewers on Tuesday and how friggin insane it was because they were down three to one pretty much the entire game and came back in the bottom of the eighth to win four to three. And it was just it was awesome to witness. But like just watching how this area just everybody was on board, everybody was supporting and it was just it was really cool. But also in watching that, I was watching some old clips for from some of those other like play in um, wild card games that they've had, and I didn't realize that Pittsburgh had such an awesome moment. And I don't remember what year it was, but uh, the Pirates had played the the Reds in a in a wild card play in game. I think I want to say it was like 2014, honestly. And the Pittsburgh fans, which again, let me applaud your city and your guys because 
they were the guy pitching for the Reds was Johnny Cueto. And the entire <laughs> yeah. stadium, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The entire stadium was chanting Cueto. And he got so rattled that he dropped the ball. And, like, the fans started ch- I mean, like, they were in his head. And then the next pitch he threw, Russell Martin blasted a home run. Like, it was – that place was nuts. And that is not a big stadium either. But that 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 place was rocking, dude. That was insane. I had never seen anything like that before. And I don't know why I hadn't seen that. But, like, that was that was dope, dude. Like, that was that was an awesome moment. Yeah, the um... – yeah, like in the backstory with that too. Just, just generally speaking, is and and baseball fans know how long of a stretch the Pirates had gone without making it to the playoffs, without um, you know even having a above five hundred season. Um, I I believe it started in ninety three and went for twenty consecutive seasons. They were sub five hundred. Damn. Dude. Um. So yeah, get. I mean, and I I think I think. I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it was 2013 that we finally made it back and, and we made it to the playoffs a couple of years in a row. And we're not looking so hot over the last couple of seasons, but, you know, breaking that streak and everything was a big deal. So that was right in the heart of it. And um, my, my brother in law, if I'm remembering the story correctly, he, he works for Apple and he was in the he was in the branch, like in the actual store um, at that time. And I, if I remember correctly, he said he met Johnny Cueto and he's actually like a really nice guy and everything. Yeah, but man, like it was not his night. <laughs> that was that was nuts, though, man. And like, apparently, y'all made the wild card three years in a row, 2013, 14, and 15. Yep, is what I'm reading here. I'm just trying to figure out, like, was it 13? Was it 2013? Was that the one where they played the Reds? Like, yeah, it must have been the Reds because they were the other wild card team. And that was like after we kind of got out of the, like, out of the slump. Yeah. Was was that year? So like, it wasn't just that like they were finally one game above above five hundred or anything, but you know, to make it to the playoffs and to win a game, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was a big deal. Of course, that was my first year in Virginia, so there was a part of me where it's like, what, has it been me this whole time? <laughs> I was the bad luck charm. Damn it! Because as soon as I'm out of there, all of a sudden they start winning like crazy. So I'm thinking yeah. maybe it's my fault. Yeah. Um, it was, it was just really, it's awesome. I mean, and honestly, if they get the doors blown off them by the Dodgers, like the Dodgers are a really, really good team. Like I, I watched the game last night and the Nats hung with them for about eight innings. And then in the eighth inning, the Dodgers just blew the doors off of them. And I'm, I'm not going to be mad if the Dodgers destroy them in this series, but I, I was just hoping that in getting over that hump that this team was going to have, it was gonna be like what the caps did in 2018. When it was like after they they came back and they beat Columbus and then they managed to get past Pittsburgh, it was like right now they're playing on house money like they got that 1000 pound penguin off of their back and now they're just playing for fun. Like you could tell that it was a different feel. It was a different team. Like the energy was completely different. And I'm wondering if I, I mean, I was hoping that like after the Nats got got past the Brewers. That, that that was going to be the same thing. It was going to be like, oh, now they're just going to be playing loose because it's now it's just fun for them. But like it was the same old Nats, man. In the last time, the last like four times they've been in the playoffs, the game one, they've only scored like one run 
in like five game ones that they've played in. And it's like, that's wow, man. They always get shut out in the first game. Uh, their bats go cold. So like, I'm hoping that tonight, like even if they lose, let, let's just say they lose 10 to eight, at least that means that their bats woke up. And when they get back to DC, maybe they can win two in DC and make this a series. But like, I just, I'm, I'm hoping for them just for their sake. Cause I mean, it's a good team. It's a, they're well put together. They've got good management. They've got good ownership. Their players just like the city loves them, man. It's just like, if they can find a way to get that extra gear, like the caps did, like, first off, it'll completely bury the football team. Like nobody will give a shit about them at all. Cause like they they're, they're hanging. Yeah, they're already hanging on by a thread, man. People are just about done with them. And, like, I don't know if you saw the news or not, but, like, apparently Jay Gruden was caught doing some pretty um, pretty shady things uh, with a woman in a club, and he's married. So it's, yeah, th- this the football team looks like it's just about done. And I, I just, I would love nothing more than, than for this to be a Nats and Caps town. And maybe if the wizard can, Wizards can get their, their act together, but like it's the football team is a disaster. It's a joke. They're playing the Patriots this weekend. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a, a bloodletting. Like there's no way they're going to be able to hang with the Patriots. I, I feel bad for Colt McCoy. Uh, but the, right? yeah. the two things I wanted to, to say off of your um, piece about the, the Nat, the Natinals, sometimes as I call them nationals. Um, one, thank you for beating the Brewers. Cause obviously I don't like the Brewers. Yeah. Um, and then, Two, how salty is your old boy Bryce Harper right now? Because <laughs> his team's obviously in the playoff. Oh, wait a minute. No, they're not. Womp, womp. Let me tell you. Let me speak for every single Nationals fan right now. Bryce Harper can go fuck himself. Like, fuck that dude so hard. He is such a crybaby. Because that la- the last year, the Nats won to get into the playoffs. They won eight games in a row. Eight games in a row. Five of those were against the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> and Bryce Harper, it was in D.C., right? So Harper was just getting razzed all game, right? And there was a dude in the stands that was dressed in Red Sox paraphernalia. Like, he made it very clear who he was rooting for. But he was ripping Harper a new one, saying just every horrible thing that you could possibly imagine, right? So Harper then cries to the media about it uh, and in the post-game interviews. This guy just said some really mean things to me. The, the guy said, hey, Bryce, I bet your kid's real proud of you for being a piece of shit. Like, that, that's essentially what the guy said to him. And Bryce is like, you shouldn't bring my family into it. So then Bryce's wife gets on Instagram and says the same thing she's like oh the people of philly are are classy first off where the hell have you been if you think the people of philly are classy secondly like he didn't even really say anything but bryce whined and cried and like it was just it was so pathetic and like the whole series mind you i think he had one hit and then one like blast of a home run and it was such a microcosm of what bryce harper was here these amazing moonshot home runs, like one hit when it really doesn't matter. And then he was like, for the rest of the series, he was like, oh, for 16 with like five strikeouts and, a, and, a, and, and hit into like two double plays. That's Bryce Harper. When you really, really need him to do something, he just doesn't show up. And he's too worried about like how good his hair looks in the outfield. Like it was just it was it was a perfect microcosm of what he was while he was here. And it was just a reminder of like, aren't you glad that this guy went to another town and, and and tricked them into giving him an ass load of money 
because, oh God, like, and, and the worst part about it is, is like people, people were like defending him. They were like, well, he's actually had a pretty good season for the Phillies. Yeah. Okay. That's all well and good. Right. So, so what if he did, but they're going to be hamstrung for years now because they're paying him $30 million a year for 13 years. I see this in the NFL all the time. And that's exactly how I felt about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Um, where it's kind of like, congratulations, dude, you got paid the way you want to be paid. Well, not quite as much as he wanted to be paid, but he got a big paycheck. And now you can go on a team that's not going to make the playoffs. It's not very good. And you can be the guy there and you can get your money and do your thing and just be another guy. Um, you know, I mean, if that's what you want, cool. Uh, but it, it, I don't think that's going to be something for your legacy. So if you're more interested in the paycheck, then you made the right choice. Um, but hey, whatever, you know, that's that's some people want to play the game that way. That's how they want to play the game. Yeah. And that's that's like I, I get that. Like, oh, you should try to maximize your money and get as much money as you possibly can. But like in the grand scheme of things here, if if my team that I was drafted by a team that is run well, a team that is coached well, that like has players that I've been a part, like been teammates with for, for like five years or six years, however many years bell was with Pittsburgh. If they offer me, let's say $20 million a year. Okay. But then I get an offer for $30 million a year from a team that hasn't sniffed the playoffs in the last decade that has one Super Bowl title to their name. I, I think I'm sticking with my team that I've been with. Like, I understand that, like, you got to get paid, you know, but at at the same time, too, like, if I'm a professional baseball player and, like, let's just say, for instance, I get drafted by the Nats, I get to play for my hometown team. I'm going to want to stay there because my my family is from here. That's that's where my kids are going to school. Like, I'm not going to I mean, unless like. Unless the Nets are like, hey, we're only going to give you $5 million a year. And then, like, I don't know, the Los Angeles Angels are like, hey, we'll give you $15 million a year. I'd look at my wife and kids and be like, hey, guys, how does Southern California sound? Why don't we move there? Like, it, it would have to be a drastic difference. But also, too, like, I, I just don't understand, especially the way that he's doing it or the way that any of these players are doing it, where they're like, they're disgruntled and they're like, I'm not getting what I'm worth. Like, it just seems like so... I don't know, man. I, I hate to sound like an old man about this, but like, it just seems like such a silly thing that to, to nitpick about and to be like, I'm going to hold out and I'm not even going to play football because I might get injured and that would lower my value later. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know if, if I was like a fullback or some dude on special teams or something like that. I mean, I, I guess I would have to think about how can I maximize my money now? But I was thinking about like around that here, like I just recently saw Jerome Bettis on a on a Geico commercial. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you establish a legacy, you not only get the money you get for playing, but you get to do things, you know, after the fact. And now obviously Jerome Bettis, you know, is a big name and he'll be a big name for for forever nationally. But I mean, and that's not to say that like some dude from like the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Colorado Rockies or something like that, that is maybe more of a local known commodity. Like you said, it's like a hometown person. They're playing there. They could do car dealership commercials and events and stuff in town for the rest of their life if they are playing their cards right. And yeah, he got a massive amount of money to go play in Philadelphia. And 
I don't know. I mean, maybe we don't know everything behind the scenes. Like maybe there is just some irreconcilable stuff where it's like, look, I don't even want to go to work every day to work with, you know, this manager or this thing or whatever. And like, fine, I'll caveat that if it's, you know, unbearable to go to work or whatever, that's one thing. But if it's just chasing a paycheck, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I take a little bit less knowing full well, I'm still getting more money than probably 98% of the rest of the people in the United States. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, if I'm investing it well, if I'm saving it well, and I have opportunities by establishing a legacy, like if Bryce Harper stayed there and he took a, you know, even what what we would consider a discount in 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 MLB terms, but really it's like a preposterous amount of money. Yeah, he would be a hero still in your town. You know what I mean? He would be the guy who's like, you know what? I love my team more than I love a paycheck. Yeah, and people love that when players do that. Exactly. He would have been the king of DC, and. It's funny, like, because the guy who ended up winning the game for the Nats was this, he's 20 years old. He's not even going to turn 21 until, like, if, fingers crossed, if they make the World Series, he would be having his 21st birthday, and that's uh, Juan Soto. Juan Soto had a monster rookie season last year with Harper. Harper was in right field, uh, Soto was in left. And everybody was like, man, if they re-sign Harper, like, that's going to be a, like, a destructive outfield. And they didn't. And what ended up happening was, is they moved Soto. Well, Soto is still in left field and Adam Eaton is now in right field. He was in center field last year. But like, it made me think because he was the number, he was the number three batter, right? He's your, he's your third, he's your third, or he's the fourth. He's the cleanup guy. That was Harper's spot. It made me think watching that game, Harper's in that position. Harper's not getting that hit. Harper's striking out because that's what Harper did when we really, really needed him. When we needed a big hit, Harper wasn't there. And that's all I could think of was I don't think Bryce would have done this. I don't think Bryce would have gotten the big hit. I think he would be we we would be sitting at home, you know, commiserating another loss. And Bryce would be saying the right things like he always did and flipping his hair the right way like he always did. But like it just it, it wouldn't feel as genuine. And there's there's a camaraderie in this dugout in this in this team that I, they've never had before. And honestly, I, I don't want to blame him for it. But I think it was addition by subtraction. Yeah, it's probably better for the team in the long run. Um, I was thinking more of it from the Bryce Harper perspective of, of like for him way, way in the future, whatever. I mean, you basically have a whole city that you can't go to for the rest of your life. Like you have to go play baseball there. But I mean, that dude, after he retires and he wants to go you know, with his kids or his grandkids to, to go see the Washington Monument or something. <laughs> like, I don't know if you can do that if you're Bryce Harper. Um, but I guess you can go see the Liberty Bell. I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, in, in his defense, like, Philly is, Philly takes a lot of shit, but Philly's actually a really cool city. And I've, if I was talented enough to be a professional athlete, and Philly was like, hey, we, you know, we'd like you to come play for us, whatever sport it was, you know, hockey, football, baseball. And they were like, hey, we want you to come play in the city of brotherly love. I would honestly be pretty happy about that. The only thing that I would be worried about is like, I feel like I would have to step my game up because Philly fans are like, if you get on their good side, they love you. But if you get on their bad side, you are the devil. And like you, I mean, ask Terrell Owens about that. Like now, granted, I'm never going to be as... 
um, self-absorbed as Terrell Owens, but like they loved him for like a hot second and then they turned on him so fast. It was ridiculous. And it, it's, it would, it's still an awesome city. It has a ton of history. Somebody like me, who's a huge history buff. Like I would, I would love that city. And like, if, if my personality was anything like what I would picture myself to be as an athlete, I wouldn't be like your, your, your prima donna, like face of the franchise. I would be the scrappy dude who like was like probably a backup and like got a chance to play and, you know, played, played well enough to keep it around. And then the Philly fans like fell in love with me. That's the way I envisioned myself as like a backup quarterback who was just like, who the hell is this dork? And then I come in and they're like, oh shit, he's actually pretty good. Okay. We like this guy. Like that would be me. That might be a fun, here we go again. Yeah. It, that, that might be a fun podcast someday. Like what, uh, what like athlete type would you be, you know? Well, Steve, we've got the chance to explore this now because we have no actual format this evening. So hey. <laughs> that's like, I, if we were going to put it into a sport that I think that I could have possibly, if I had put in enough effort into and, you know, maybe been a little bit more talented at is baseball. Like I, I could imagine like playing for the Phillies or the nationals or the Orioles and like somebody got hurt and I go into right field and they're like, Hey, we need you to play. And because this actually happened to me when I was in when I was in high school is um, I got a chance to play after like sitting the bench because all the players in front of me were just so much better than me. And I got a chance to play right field. And this team kept hitting it to right field, thinking that I was going to be like the weak link. Right. Because one of the other dudes had gotten hurt. And I made this awesome like over the shoulder running catch like for the first out. Right. And my dad was in the stands and my dad, like you haven't gotten a chance to meet him yet, Steve, but like, imagine how loud I am. I got that from him. So like I catch this ball and my dad's just losing his shit. Like it was awesome. <laughs> and then like they hit another one. Right. But this one's the shallow right field. And like, you've seen me, I'm not like, I don't look like I'm going to be real fast. Right. Like when I was in high school, I was pretty like average. Like I was, I'm like, I'm five ten. Uh, I'm not super skinny, but I wasn't like, you know, old man chubby like I am now. And they hit it to shallow, right? And I'm like full speed, like running as fast as I possibly can. And I end up sliding on my knees and make this sliding diving catch. And I hear somebody from their dugout go, God damn it, quit hitting it to right field. <laughs> so like, that's how I envision I would be as like a, a like a baseball player or something like that is like I would be that kind of guy who's scrappy, who who gets an opportunity and makes the best of it and not becoming beloved and being like, you know, like like a fan favorite, but enough that where people are like, oh, yeah, I remember you, bro. Like 10 years after I retire, you know, I'm walking around. I'm at a Wawa or something like that. And somebody's like, oh, hey, it's Mike Lunsford, man. Hey, I dug you when you played right field for the Phillies. I'd be like, hey, that means a lot, bro. And, I'd be like, and he'd be like, hey, can you sign my hoagie? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, let me, let me sign your cheesesteak. Sure thing. Like, I, that's how I envision it. Like, just I'm realistic, if if anything. So like baseball I guess football was your game, huh? It was, man. It was I mean, football, like I wasn't big enough because like I, I wasn't big enough to be like an offensive lineman. I wasn't fast enough to be like a receiver or a defensive back. Um I I, I wasn't tall enough to be like a wide receiver. Um I yeah, like it, it just and I wasn't tall enough to be a quarterback. I had a really good arm, that's why I was good at baseball. But like a football is throwing a football is completely different than throwing a baseball. And I didn't understand that until it was much until like I actually tried like somebody was because like somebody was like, hey, you should try for the football team. You have a really good arm. Maybe you could be a quarterback and I'm left handed. So they were like, oh, that'll give you an advantage over these other players. 
I did that not really playing football other than like backyard football with my friends. And I didn't realize that a regulation football was so big. And I don't have very big hands. I have average size hands and I couldn't get a good grip on the football. So, I mean, I was throwing rockets, but I just was, they were not accurate. I couldn't get like, I just could not get a good grip on it. So I would need to have like a glove or like, I don't know, some weird surgery where my left hand was like substantially larger than my right hand or something. I don't know. <laughs> Do you watch Always Sunny? It's like Charlie's uncle with those big glove hand things. Yes. Yes. It's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's the one thing that's surprising. You're like, yeah, you know, I play football with my friends in the backyard. And then you're like, realize that you've been playing with a junior size football the entire time. You're like, oh, no, yeah, I can't actually throw this. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. And like that was the thing, too, is like I tried I, I tried out. I want to say it was like seventh grade. I tried out for the middle school team and it was garbage. It was just absolute hot garbage. And I ended up playing in high school. But like I just gave up that. But I could still catch. So I like I try. I um not try I guess it's try it yeah I tried out at like tight end and I played a couple snaps at tight end but also they would just throw me in at like offensive lineman I played a little bit at like linebacker like I I I wasn't the I don't have the right body type to be good at football if that makes sense you know like you don't hear too many guys who are like five you know five eight five nine five ten who are like just killer at at, at, um at football unless it's like Daryl Green but that's also because he ran like a four two forty (laughs) so Yeah, you have to be lightning fast to to pull that off. Exactly. And have like a ridiculous like vertical, which I do not. Or or be like a bowling ball. Like, yeah, he's 5'8", but he's also like 240. Yeah. Uh, so he's a great running back on the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> just hand him the rock and he just runs people over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, know, I, I, picture, I picture you as basketball. Yeah. Am I right? Matt? That was my sport. That was my yeah. sport in high school. Like, and by no means... Was I capable of, of playing anything beyond that? I mean, I, I was good in high school. I wasn't great in high school. And I certainly wasn't going to be like, hey, yeah, you know, I was getting looked at by Duke and North Carolina. Like, no, none of that. But if I, you know, in, in this hypothetical scenario, I, I, you know, I find the like Mike shoes or whatever and magically get, <laughs> you know, godlike basketball abilities or yeah. whatever and, and capable yeah. of playing the, or I, I find the Monstars basketball and steal. Charles Barkley's powers or something. Um, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like I was always the guy that was like, let the scoreboard do the talking. You know, like I was never like the trash talker or anything along those lines. Like just, just hard working and just trying to work with my team to get the, the win, get in, get the win, get out, like play hard, play super aggressive. But like, you know, people are trash talking. People are trying to get under your skin or whatever. You know, and just let the scoreboard do the talking. And, and one of those kind of guys that, you know, from a fan base perspective, it's never like no one's ever like that dude is my favorite player. But one of those dudes that's always like, I'm glad he's on the team because he does the the rebounding and the dirty work and this stuff. Like I, I'm not the I, I was never the LeBron on, on the team. Yeah. But I might have been. I don't know, like the Kevin Love or something like that, or, you know, in, in that scenario, like uh, or more apt for, for my my generation, like from the Bulls teams, like and not even saying from a skill set, but like from a personality standpoint and skill set, like there's your Jordans, there's your Pippins. I was more of a Tony Koo coach, like a guy that it's like, I don't think that team would have won as much without him, but no one in the universe ever brings him up because he was just one of those dudes that did some stuff like hit some shots sometimes and you know was pretty decent on defense and 
he was integral in their wins, but he never comes up in the conversation. I feel like that's what I'd end up being. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, no. And then, and I can, I can totally understand that. That would be like, I, I would have been like, there was a guy who played for the, uh, for the Nats and his name was Matt Dendecker. And I loved Matt Dendecker because we went to, uh, it was actually a work sponsored. Remember how we do those fun day things and they would yeah. give us tickets to the Nats and stuff. Uh, we went and we got to see, actually, we got to see a game and a half because the game from the night before was suspended because of rain. So we ended up getting a full game and the the uh, basically like the last like four innings of uh, the game from the night before. And Matt Dendecker ended up hitting a two run home run to win the first game, like the, the basically like the second half of the of the uh, replay game. And he's just a dude like he he was just a journeyman played for the Mets played for the Phillies played for the Nats like played for a bunch of different teams. But like he was always really good in the outfield. He had a good arm like he just was not like a great hitter. And he just like I happened to catch him do something really dope one time. And it was like that name stuck with me and I always rooted for him. I always hoped he would like catch on somewhere and like like catch fire. Like there's a dude that plays for the uh, the Dodgers right now. His name is Justin Turner. He's their third baseman. And Turner bounced around the league. Uh, he he got drafted by the Phillies. He went from the Phillies to the O's, from the O's to the Mets. And then the Dodgers signed him as like a minor leaguer and brought him up to play third base. And for whatever reason, when he was out in Los Angeles, it all just clicked. And he's like one of their like top stars. And no, nobody knows exactly what it was. And just like just like with any sport, sometimes you need to change the scenery. Sometimes it's the hitting coach who sees like one thing that you were doing wrong the whole time. And like, then all of a sudden they catch fire. Like, like what you yeah. have to do that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's it, exactly like it's, it, it's just cool seeing that sort of thing. And like, I always, I don't know if you're like that with players too, but like there's, there's certain players that I see that like, you're just like, this is a good dude. He's hard. He works hard. You can, you can tell that he like, he's just a couple steps away from really like the next level. And yeah, like it, it's. That's what I had hoped for Matt Dendecker. There was another dude that played for the Nats when they first came to D.C. His name is Ryan Church. Same thing. I really hoped big things were going to come from him. There was this other dude, right? His name was uh, Elijah Dukes, right? And Elijah Dukes hit this home run um, to put the Nats up by like a run. And he was a young kid, right? And after he hit the home run and then had to go out to right field, he sprinted out to right field, but sprinted along the warning track and was high-fiving every single fan along the way because he was so excited that he had hit a home run. Like, that's awesome. Like, it's borderline unprofessional, but, like, <laughs> it it's still it's still really awesome. Like, his genuine exuberance kind of excused the, the actual action itself. Yeah, exactly. It was it was just really it was really cool. And like there's there's something about baseball that because there's so many games played that you get to see a lot of young players come up because like you're going to have guys who get injured and need to sit out for like 10, 15 games. So you pull these guys up and you get these like little glimpses of these kids essentially playing baseball. And some of them are just like our studs, like your Bryce Harper's, your Steven Strasburg's. Um there's a guy that pick, pitched last night for the uh, for the Dodgers. His name is Walker Bueller, and he was just he was throwing like 99. The dude was just lights out. He's like 21 years old. Like some of these guys are just like they've got it all figured out and they're 21. And you're just like I didn't even know what the hell I was doing when I was 21. <laughs> like how are these guys professional athletes at 21? And then you have other guys that takes them a while to really figure it out. Um, 
and they really like get in they really come into their own much later in their in their life and it's just kind of cool to see that and that's one of the things that i really love about sports yeah there is a um you know a, a pretty healthy dose of that here in pittsburgh with the steelers defense um like where you're saying like I mean, you got your Troy Polamalu's, you know, you got your guy, your James Harrison's that, you know, everyone knows people yeah. are wearing their jerseys and stuff. But you're talking about that dude that just kind of makes plays and makes maybe maybe it's one play every other week and that's it. But it's like it's a good play and it's someone who's like really, you know, helping out the team and stuff. And I feel like every year there's that guy on the Steelers defense that people around here really kind of get behind and hoping for and um you know, maybe they're a rookie or something like that, you know, like this year, maybe, maybe not as much as an underdog or whatever, but I think like every, the, the guy uh, that we drafted first overall, Devin Bush, um, you know, he's really starting to make a name for himself and um, kind of after with, uh, oh, Ryan Shazier, like when he got his injury and, and, oh, yeah. and uh, almost became paralyzed and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and this might be a little different than that guy that, you know, like has been the journeyman, this is a dude who's a rookie uh, who's got a lot of hype around him because he's kind of meant to replace someone who was really big on the team. And that's a different reason to root for a guy. You know, it's kind of a like, come on, kid, you can do this. Like, you can be that guy. Um, you know, and, and we might be going through that a lot here in Pittsburgh if if Ben kind of never comes back. We, we don't, I mean, he had his surgery and it looks like he might next year, but but you never know. And it's kind of same thing with with the quarterback replacing of Mason Rudolph. So there's like a lot of young guys. Um, I mean, gosh, Juju Smith Schuster. He's seems like he's been on the team forever because he's our number one, but he's 22 years old. Um, so like, and kind of the opposite of what you're saying was like a journeyman that's been around and they finally find the right place. Right now, it's more of a hey, we got a lot of young kids, and you know, let's get behind them and see how they do. And that's another kind of fun way to to root for for your team and no way you ever picture yourself. Like we we're talking like, okay, if I was in the league or whatever, you're not picturing your rookie year. You're like, all right, I'm four years in <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is, you know, I've, I've been on, maybe this is, I'm on my second team and it finally clicks. No one thinks about the rookie year real early in the, and they're still like, you yeah, know, no, I'm on special teams and I totally botched that play. <laughs> it's actually funny that you mentioned that because my favorite teacher when I was in high school, was this guy named Tony Lilly. Uh, he was my TV production teacher. He was just like the coolest dude ever. He played for the Broncos. He was a free safety for the Broncos in their two Super Bowls, the one against the um the one against the Giants and then the one against Washington. And like dude was dude went to University of Florida. Like he was a stud, man. And he talked about his rookie season and how different it is because he was not drafted to be a starter. Like he ended up becoming a starter. But like he was saying that you basically get put wherever they think you're good. So like if you're fast, they're going to put you on special teams. And like they were like, hey, Lily, you're fast. Hey, we want you to re uh, return punts. And he's like, I've never, ever returned punts. And they're like, that'll oh, be fine. You'll be good. And like it's he was saying that a lot of that is that because you just want to get on the field and you want to make a difference. So you kind of like you almost like up your own stock. You know, you almost like like fudge your resume, like kind of like we've all done in real life. He's like, but. 
he was he was saying that like I they put me in and I had to field a punt and I had no clue. It was a preseason game. He's like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And like he's like, I luckily like it was it was out of bounds. He's like, but man, I was scared shitless that I was actually gonna have to catch that and get destroyed. So like Dang. It's just like so that's I mean, that's just perspective that I got from him from that. So I think the rookie season is probably like kind of like a nightmare. You know, you're just you're just trying to figure out how to hold on. You're just trying to figure out like not how to like not die and embarrass yourself. That would be kind of my vibe from that. Plus, you're like that's in your job, so to speak. I mean, yes, also have to remember like, hey, this is my first time, you know, like as an adult not in school so i'm figuring all that stuff out too (laughs) no wonder some of these dudes go crazy you know i think that like you mentioned hey you know we'll have to have this as a subject for another episode i think we will because we'll have to see i'm sure that we can find somebody who is a a professional athlete or a former professional athlete who would be willing to talk to us about this and i'm sure that they would kind of give us some insight of like you know hey from the layman like what is this like you know just coming into you know you, you've played in college and that's pretty cool and that that's a pretty high level but like the pros like how nervous are you like is it like what is it really like as scary as one would think or is it just like you just kind of fall back on this is a game that i've been playing since i was a kid so i'm pretty much used to this it probably depends on where you went too because i mean not yeah. that not that if you're at you know, East West state, there aren't people at the stadium, but I mean, if you played it like Ohio state, you know, you're probably a little more used to that level of yeah eyeballs on you versus, you know, yeah, Panera bread university or whatever. And, and dude, I want to go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Colin coward uses that all the time as his, like, Does he really? <laughs> it's his little, like, you know, nothing burger school or whatever. And I just, it makes me laugh every single time. So I had to slip it in. It's so funny. I just think it's funny. Cause like, I'm just imagining like, like, yeah, well, you know, the degree is kind of worthless, but let me tell you broccoli cheese soup pretty much every day, whenever you want it. So I got that going for me. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when they fill the Gatorade cups and stuff with that, it's not very hydrating on the side. <laughs> oh, of my, oh on I'm the just field, picturing but- I'm just picturing it coming out thick too. Like, oh. <laughs> if they actually win a game, the coach is just drenched in. He's like scalded burns all over the back of his neck. <laughs> <laughs> like, they go to pour it on him instead of like a quick like shower. They have to like hold it over his head for like a good like six seconds for it all to like get clumpy and fall out of the cooler onto him. <laughs> we got food safety standards to keep. It has to stay at a certain temperature because it's soup. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, we're sorry, man, but, you know, we just wanted to show our appreciation that you led us to this victory. (laughs) Oh, man, more great imagery here from the Great Geek Refuge. (laughs) We're weird weird, weird dudes. We are. We are indeed. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and wrap wrap up this episode here because we've we've hit our lovely hour uh, time frame that we want to do. We'll come back and we'll do a, a quick one. I mean, honestly, like we have no plan for this evening. It's just Steve and I just talking about whatever. There's there's no plan. So don't don't think that there is. So I apologize if you were hoping for a well thought out episode. It ain't going to be tonight. Uh, but we we will be back. Um, and we'll go ahead and close up shop here and. Uh, we're just having fun just just talking about honestly like this, what you're hearing right now this is essentially a diner episode this is what steve and mc 
and Yuli and James Rambo and I talked about when we hung out when Steve was down here in DC is, is this kind of stuff that and then we tried to figure out which one of us would win in a fight if there was like a battle royale um, we'll give you the results of that in the next episode uh, <laughs> but guys for Steve and myself uh, thank you for being part of our geeky nerdy uh, refuge that we've created here thank you for being uh, on the great geek refuge reading our articles listening to our podcasts and for all the rest of our folks who are busy doing other things out there uh, thanks to them as well but guys this has been another wonderful episode of ggr pirate radio and remember don't be a juice bag Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>